0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. Happy holiday season. I can hear the peanuts Christmas music playing in the back of my head this time of year all day long. 16 days a lot of time coming off a lot of future time off coming that's what I meant to say uh, a lot of people check out during the holidays sometimes that leaves for an open stock market that can do a little bit better than you would imagine in large part people are in a festive mood but also the professionals the guys who play both sides of the I like it going up and I like It going down those guys tend to take time off they've they've Earn their money already at this time of the year. They don't need to earn it in the last couple of weeks. So it can be seasonally friendly. Which is nice to know. Going in. I'm not saying the phrase let it ride. Because I think that would be insane. Uh, But there's some of that that goes on this time of year. People, you know, stop stressing. It's your typical holiday Monday. A little bit of news out of China. And, uh... Presidents in a tricky situation. Any president who has to deal with China is in a tricky situation because we've known that they're a growing economy for years and years and years, and we know that eventually they're going to grow into an economy bigger than the United States, and the United States will lose a feather in our cap in negotiation and in in world uh, ego. I I'd suppose is the right way of saying it. It's how well we think of each other, and uh, we're not going to be. China's doing great. And one of the th- problems about China is, in the United States, I believe we have this, let's share the wealth mentality. Although, some would say it's just going to a, a far few, too few many. But China's got a thing where they just uh, made an announcement that said, we want our Chinese companies to have no American technology. Well, they didn't say American technology. They kind of did, but they kind of did it. We want it to be all home, home-based tech companies in our offices and that's a shot at microsoft at dell at hewlett-packard and others china wants to get a trade deal done worked out as soon as possible so says the conversations out this morning all believe it when i see it right uh i didn't like that that phrase that you know yeah. China's ordering government offices and public institutions to phase out their use of foreign-made PCs and software by the end of 2022. It's created a little angst. That would be a negative for the U.S. companies, like I said, for Dell, Microsoft, HP Enterprises. Trump doesn't like it when foreign countries unduly limit sales potential of the United States. So there's kind of, uh, kind of a bargaining chip being thrown down, right? Maybe they'll take that off. Maybe they won't. But they play uh, ball, too. So China's got game. I know you're saying, you're not making a basketball reference to China, are you? I probably shouldn't. Consumer price index for November comes out on Wednesday. We care about consumer prices because it's inflationary. You know, you could do the easy inflation in your life where you used to shop for your own food or your mom used to shop for your food, and then you started Use the school cafeteria when you went to college. Then you kind of supplemented it by going to the grocery store here and there. And then you started buying your own groceries. And you get a spouse, and you're buying groceries for two. And then you get kids, you're buying groceries for four. So that's kind of an inflation on some of the consumer prices you pay, but not really. The inflation is the dollar soda that's now a buck fifty. There's a old gag in the movie The Running Man with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, where. It's set in the future, and I don't know if I remember the whole premise. Did he come from the past or something like that? Probably not. Uh, Maybe it was the Terminator where he came from the future. But anyway, the running man, he walks by a Coke machine and says, a brand-new Coca-Cola will cost you $100. And you're like, oh, that's inflationary. Inflation to me is worse than Jason Voorhees. It's worse than, I'm not going to say nuclear war because if I've told myself once, self once, I've told myself a million times not to exaggerate, but inflation's the boogeyman, it's the problem. You got to earn more. And if you're, you know, adding spouses and kids to your life, you got to earn even more to keep up with your quality of life. So consumer price index comes out on Wednesday. Then we get the FOMC meeting on Wednesday, which will be included at the end of uh, Updating economic and policy commentary. ECB is still out there. We get the, uh, the super banker, Christine Lagarde. Uh, she's running the ECB president now. She'll have her first uh, press conference. What will she say about the European Central Bank? She's French. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Retail sales for November come out on Friday. Which, again, let's loop back to what we're talking about right here. Holidays. Friday's jobs report was unbelievable. Again, not telling myself once, telling myself a million times to exaggerate, but it was a booming jobs report. And, you know, the the smart people, so-called people like me, were wrong. We keep waiting for the the jobs to weaken, and they're not weakening. So some people are starting to say, maybe we don't go into a recession. Maybe we're, we're, we're just simply slowing down to recharge. So there's some easing trade tensions, there's some Fed interest rate cuts. Maybe that helped the jobs in the short term. But I, I not a lot. We added a huge number of employees on payroll for November. We're supposed to add hundred and eighty four thousand, we added two hundred and sixty six thousand. And even if you do the math, ding, 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 with General Motors coming off their strike, that's not it. So Strong economy equals, no, no, strong jobs market equals strong economy. We spend our paychecks. Strong economy means Wall Street. Its biggest problem is probably going to be focused on tech companies or, no, 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 growth companies that we've been paying too much for. It's a little bit of a problem. We're chasing um, growth and we're giving higher valuations to some of them. Now, here's a stock play that I like. Consult a broker advisor before thinking about it. Corvo and Skyworks are both makers of RF chips. They received a double upgrade from Bank of America Merrill Lynch to buy from Underperform. And basically, huge surge in demand is expected for 5G technology next year. Now, if you believe that's true, these are small cap semiconductors conductors that make sense. Now, here's the damnation game. Qualcomm's in this this conversation, too. Companies that make semiconductors that go in phones and equipment for 5G. A lot of these companies are trying to build the same exact equipment in-house. Companies like Samsung, companies like Google, companies like Apple. Because then Apple doesn't have to say, we need 400 million modems, chips from Qualcomm. They can say, we got it. We make our own. We control the cost. We control the margins. So, yes, there's short-term demand, and they're a very specialized company, so they can, A, get acquired to bring companies up to speed. B, they can ride the demographic trend of, of improving numbers into 5G sales. Or C, they, they, at some point in time, they might have problems. Keeping up with the big boys as they transition to their own chips. Capital One is getting some love today. A Barron's article is saying the company is at a 25% discount to large banks. If you want to own a credit card company that has exposure and risk to credit, it's Capital One. If you want to own a credit card company that doesn't have that exposure, it's like Visa or an American Express type of play, MasterCard. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Seems just like yesterday we were talking about marijuana stocks as story stock investing as we went to the polls and a couple more states a few years back legalized medical marijuana and recreational marijuana. Some one, some the other. Canada did it on a big scale. We're like, whoo, this is going to equal volume, volume, volume in orders. Sure. And it did. And probably the future is very, very bright for more legalization as states look for ways to figure out their tax delinquencies and shortcomings and go, let's make more tax money. Canopy Growth is one of the stocks that I've avoided, but it's the best name as far as a pure play on weed. There's other ones like Tilray which are more plays on the medicinal value of marijuana. My problem is Disney can make a princess. Call her Cinderella put her in the basement, release the movie, and then put her in a basement and forget about her. And then pull her out and use her again and again and again, whether it be DVD, Laserdisc, VHS, whether it be digital rights. Whereas be Growth, It's the, the magic is growing weed. It would need sunshine, some water and some heat. You don't even need sunshine, right? Grow lights or something like that. So the cannabis producer, Constellation Brands, there's... Okay, wait, wait, This is tricky. Canopy Growth and Constellation Brands are different companies, but Constellation Brands owns 38% of Canopy Growth. And it looks like they may have bought into that stake of the company a little bit too early because they're letting the CEO of Canopy Growth go, and they're welcoming in their very own CFO from Constellations stepping in to be the CEO of Canopy. That's a mess to me. Um, A Tesla on autopilot rear-ended a parked police car. Uh-oh. Oh. Oh, And Elon Musk went driving around in his truck in Malibu. But a Tesla Model 3 was engaged in autopilot when it rear-ended a parked police car in Connecticut. I'm not that freaked out by that. I could tell you how many people died from drunk driving yesterday. I, I like the idea of autopilot going forward very much. And do I think it's going to be a 2020 story like we talked about three, four years ago? No. But by all means, crash into a couple police cars and get it out of the way. This is the technology we need. Company's vehicle user manuals caution drivers to remain attentive while driving. Um, Tesla's autopilot was known to be engaged during the three fatal crashes in the United States, uh, including a 2018 Model 3 crash in Delray Beach, Florida. So it's not a perfect technology in any way, shape, or form. Don't bite. You know who they say is going to win that? A really good article this weekend in Barron's about Alphabet. I still hate calling it Alphabet, but you know the company is Google, but the holding company is called Alphabet. And, you know, the CEO, Sundar Pichai, now has the toughest job in technology, in my opinion, as Larry Page and Sergey Brin retired, not retired, but kind of gave over the keys to the car completely. They'll still be there for their intellectual prowess, but it's always interesting when founders step aside, right? But Barron's did a really nice job on talking about one of the things Sundar Pichai can focus on, and that's Alphabet's Waymo unit clear leader in the race for autonomous driving leadership right now and as a father i could tell you i remember back in high school and college you remember a couple friends you had that you knew a guy who got killed drunk driving or in the back seat or you knew a car of teenagers but you actually didn't know any of them but they went to your school everyone's trying to figure this out big business can you imagine how Self-driving cars will hurt the insurance industry, or will it help the insurance industry? Fewer claims, right? Playing catch-up right now with Google's Alphabet's Waymo unit, our Tesla, Uber, Lyft, DD, Zooks, Apple, GM, Volkswagen, Ford. Alphabet spending about a billion dollars a year on its self-driving fleet and technology, well ahead of uh, how much Uber's spending on a development perspective. And i got to imagine, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Throwing money at this problem is probably a good, probably gets results. Waymo One rides are also human supervised initially, and Waymo plans to continue to build out its reach to more um, consumers over time. So far, the self-driving cars that have been put into service in Phoenix have driven a 1,000 riders to school, work, or shopping. So they're getting there. Feels like it's a ninety-two-year-old man, right? The technology of self-driving cars—it feels old. They're getting there. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. To get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about pg in the news today. Um, great article in the Wall Street Journal, and today I'm almost deflecting, telling you where some great articles are. It talks about how tough it is for a company like PG&E to do everything right. But PG&E stock is rallying big today. It reached a $13.5 billion deal with the victims of the deadly wildfires caused by its equipment. That means the company has cleared one of the biggest hurdles of its bankruptcy court obligations. The cost of the 2017 and 2018 wildfire seasons, amongst the most destructive in the history of the state of California, prompted PG&E to go into bankruptcy, right? Chapter 11. You know, what's pretty interesting is corporations are defined by the IRS as humans. And it's interesting to look at the different types of bankruptcy laws, Chapter 7 and 11, and how they apply to the human proctoring, not proctoring, Gamble, but Pacific Gas and Electric. PG&E initially estimated the cost would add up to $30 billion. Now the total is looking closer to $25 billion. It's paying about $11 billion to insurance claim holders. $1 billion to local governments. $13.5 billion to wildfire victims to cover underinsured and uninsured losses. Along with claims for emotional distress and injuries that went along with it. So the stock's on fire today. Oh, oh bad choice of words. Did not mean that one. The stock's doing well today. Is that better? Because it's about $5 billion that a little extra five billion dollar wiggle room. I have no interest in playing PGE as a stock. I talk about it because I live in the area and a lot of people have worked for the company. Um, what would I do if I owned shares of the company? I would pl- I would start diversifying because there's a chance it could go to zero with wildfires. There's a chance it could go to zero with bankruptcy courts, and I don't like that. Too random for me. I know Apple could have a phone that causes cancer or something like that and that's that would be a horrible horrible news so it, all stocks could go to zero but w- I, you got to play some odds right do you remember a couple of years ago when we were talking about people afraid of putting their phone up to their head and there's there's articles on yahoo that'd scare you like tumors the size of a cell phone i am brought black talking all things financial money investing and more want the podcast with music Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking about all things financial, money investing, and more. What are you going to do in retirement? I don't know. I'm closer to retirement than I am to starting a business. I'm closer to retirement than I am to, you know... So it's starting to get in my head. I was listening today, someone being interviewed about what he's going to do when he retires in Vegas. And the answer was I, he, he didn't know. He was going to sit by a pool for at least a month. But wouldn't it stink to retire, move to Vegas, and then find out it's too hot or not good enough for... What have you i've got some friends who retired in sparks nevada pretty interesting because um they kind of made the most out of it but then they got out of town so the early part of their retirement they kind of used it as a good hub to get to asia a decent hub to get to the east coast hub for all their family uh very centrally located it's spent from 60 to 70 in that period where they're still very mobile get to the point my mom's over 80 that she's not as mobile when i went to see my mom recently you know i had to check to see if she had soiled herself i had to grab something in case she soiled herself when we went out for dinner and then trying to get her up and down in an suv very very difficult but far easier than getting her down into a a sedan um just her hips don't work as well So I bring that up in large part, again, tied towards what are you going to do in retirement? So I had some friends that retired in Sparks, and they kind of used that. They used it for all it was worth, and they are like, "Uh uh-oh, now what do we do? So they were in a one-level home in Sparks, and they'd go to casinos, and they'd get on the mailing list, and they'd get the free dinners and stuff like that. They enjoyed it. But then, as you turn seventy from sixty, and your mobility starts going down, or in this case, the the mother' her cognizant ability started declining, um, Alzheimer's, and the dad started having a little shakes, Parkinson's. So seventy kind of hit these two with a big old baseball bat, and said, "You got early stages of diseases that only get worse." And they panicked. And they're retired and they panic, and that's a bad time to panic. So they reached out to their children and they basically decided that they wanted to live with one of their children in his basement. And I'm like, that's never gonna work. I thought about it out loud. I did the work for them. I'm like, that's never gonna work. Uh, some people wanna live in their kids' basement. And I, this is where I get a little cultural. And I'll say there's some Latin communities where, and some Asian communities where taking care of your elders is is widely expected to be the norm. This isn't them. They don't have a warm family. And they're like, we'll see the grandkids. We'll love seeing the grandkids. Now, the problem is the grandkids that they moved into with, they're all over 18 years old. And the grandkids who are kids who are between 18 and 25 don't really want to hang out with grandparents all the time. They're interested in members of the opposite sex. They're interested in careers. They're interested in video games. They're not really interested necessarily. So this couple sold their house in Sparks, moved into their son's basement, decided this isn't going so well because neither really are driving anymore. So the son and his wife have to kind of caddy them around They're not hanging out with the grandkids. Grandkids don't care. They're living in a basement, so they don't get a lot of sunshine. And then his son and his wife start working extra more because it looks like they don't really want to hang out with the dad anymore, right? Dad starts getting depressed because he's got the early stages of Parkinson's. And, like, what happens if I die? Who's going to take care of my wife? Who's going to pay the bills? She's in early stages of, of Alzheimer's. It's not good. He tries to kill himself. He gets really, really depressed, tries to kill himself. He doesn't want to be a burden on anyone. Now I think that's a generational thing, not being a burden. And I'll joke, and I'll make bad, tasteless jokes like Rob Black's got the five year plan. Every year, every five years, I divorce and marry a woman five years younger, right? It's stupid. It's stupid. It's sexist. It's the wrong thing to say. But it's also a plan to have a healthy, able-bodied person. <laughs> and that's where the joke is. Like, don't you marry for love, not for a bed bed nurse? Is that a term? A bed nurse? I think so. Anyhow, I tell that story shockingly and vividly because you have to have a plan. And I'm not saying not having a retirement plan of what, how he was going to pass his time. It did a great job from 60 to 70. Oh, there's a commercial for Fidelity now of, oops. Life, life changed. Where they have like they retire and they go to their Fidelity office, like hey, congratulations. Then five years later, like hey, we want to move close to our daughter. Hey, congratulations, life changed. So Fidelity's there for all your changes in life. I think this is a good example of why you want to have a retirement plan. And when what's it going to look like? This was a great plan from sixty to seventy. Awful from seventy to seventy-one. And I'll, I'll keep you up to date as they as they continue to age. And they're family friends. And uh, I think that's, it's going to be more common than uncommon. So what are you going to do in retirement? You should start having a pretty good idea. I kind of want to write a book based on Next Door. I uh, live in a community called Devonshire Canyon. And I've got, in theory, 1,900 neighbors signed up for this. Wonderful website. And uh, it's people complaining about life. <laughs> and we live in a pretty good area, so the problems are pretty humorous to me. Uh, so in retirement, I'm going to put together a book of, of people's complaints. People complain. The Dog poop drives people crazy. Let me just say that. I've got a dog, and I get being responsible with it. I get it, right? But man, if you Blit your dog poop in someone's yard. They will take a picture of it. They will get the video surveillance ring cameras from everyone on the street, and they will identify three suspects. And they'll put a picture of the poop in the in the circular that they're sitting around. Is this yours? Uh, people complaining about babysitters. Oh, I love it because people are just so mean. They're like, um, if you're complaining about babysitters, it probably means you're not paying enough for a babysitter. True. Right, eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. 1220 calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about money investing and more. The last decade has brought a charging bull. If you're 25 years old, basically since you've been an adult, the stock market's been moving higher. If you're 40 and you didn't save enough, but you started saving when you were 40, and now you're 50, it's been a good blessing for you. It's a charging bull market. You haven't had to put up with a recession So, whether you like Obama or like Trump, both are somehow behind a 10 year expansion in the stock market. First seven, eight years with Obama, uh, and then last two, three years with Trump. Bull market's hitting all time highs. And it doesn't seem to be losing steam right now. So, one of the negatives on that is I do remember recessions, and I do like recessions. I'm a bit of a weirdo for that. I like it when the stock market goes down. I don't like it going down 60%. That makes me a little nervous because it didn't slow down after 10 and then it's down 20. I've seen a 60% correction. So the people I'm worried about are people like the 25-year-olds or the 30-year-olds who've only known an up-bull market. In an up-bull market, we've had a great job cycle. Now, some people would say that our jobs aren't, middle class enough aren't increasing inflation wage inflation enough but um, we're spending pretty crazily on a lot of toys on a lot of gadgets so in the good times it's easy to forget that there are bad times and like that was kind of a discretionary purchase you just made I've got a friend who's looking at a virtual reality headset right now I'm like you funded your retirement right Yes, then you have my blessing. Toys after you fund your retirement. Vacations after you fund your retirement. You fund your retirement, you get $2,000, 4000 5000 in, in a, any calendar year, and you can do whatever you want in my book. And again, more is better, but that's a good start. I'm not much of a consumer anymore. Um, I went to Stanford Ladies ncaa soccer game last night they're playing north carolina for the soccer championship which stanford won which helps the value of my home as colleges get more championships i live close to stanford and woohoo but uh i don't even know why i brought the- oh a consumer i can't get myself to pay ten dollars for it. like it just drives me crazy to be a consumer like at a sporting event too pricey too pricey so the millennials have only experienced a bull market. They've not experienced a bear market. If you're an older millennial, maybe yeah. Like if you're 35. But most of them only seen good times and they only know let's spend what we I have because I have a job. Do you remember 10 years ago when unemployment spiked to 10% 11% in the United States? A lot of people lost their jobs, a lot of people lost their jobs. And suddenly like everyone's nice to their boss. Hey, it's be nice to your boss day i hate days like that for the record if we could end all national days it's national prime rib day hey it's national sandwich day oh i'm rob black talking all things financial money investing more what are you gonna do in retirement you need to start thinking about that i told a great story why today americans say on average that it takes a net worth of 2.27 million dollars to be considered wealthy what's your definition of wealth Average family in America, I'll tell you when we come back off break, how do you stack up? I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at KDOW.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm right, Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Taking on debt during the holidays, always a bad idea. In large part, you've got assets, you've got liabilities, credit card debt, mortgage debt, student debt, liability. Your net worth is tied towards your assets and your liabilities. Your liabilities are negative, your assets are positive. A lot of people are going into uh, debt this time of year. 58% of Americans exceeded the $500 mark already when it came to holiday-related spending on things such as gifts, travels, meals, and parties. About a third of the people who hit that spending threshold took it on in credit and debt to cover the costs. Too much pressure to buy. Um, I look at Black Friday as kind of like a national mor- day of mourning. We, we're shopping and we're gleeful, even though we should be sad. In my opinion... I'll shut up for now. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about money, retirement, stock markets. Anything financial. Americans, on average, believe that it takes a net worth of about two point two million dollars to be considered wealthy. Two point two million would pay you almost. Eighty thousand dollars a year until the day you died. If you were to invest it into an income portfolio, you'd get about four to seven percent, or four to seven percent returns, is what you're looking for. You want to beat in inflation, but you also want to pay yourself and get a little bit of growth. Net worth is a mathematical formula: it's your assets minus your liabilities. So, if your goal is to get a net worth of two point two million. That's going to be your home, your 401k, and other assets minus any debt. The average net worth in the United States for families? $692,100. $692,000 in retirement ain't going to last long. Let's say your Social Security is 20000 24000 Some of that's going to go away to taxes. A lot of it's going to go away to, to Medicare costs. At what point, you know, $692,000, let's call it $700,000, let's be generous. That's going to maybe do $25,000 of income, 30000 maybe. So you add that onto your Social Security, you're looking at $60,000, somewhere in that ballpark. But again, is your home earning you money if it's part of your net worth or is it just sitting there paid off? There's a lot of questions here. The net worth of U.S. families based on age, net worth of U.S. families based on age as head of the household. Uh, you can imagine that it grows. Believe it or not, the the best wealth is right around age fifty-five to sixty-five because then you start you start taking it down. See so you now, CFP Chad Burton runs NewFocusFinancial.com. A lot of their clients are retirees, right? Makes sense. Financial planning. A lot of them are right before retirement, but. The ones that are in retirement, they actually sell assets every year. So to grow your business, you have to continue to replace those or add more or grow better than the stock market. But um, you typically hit your highest net worth right around 55, 65, and then you start, like I say, uh, stop working at 60 and you live from 60 to 100 on your net worth. No. So that $1,000 virtual reality headset that you buy right now, or that 2000 if you give it time, it'd be 4000 in your 30s. It'd be 8000 in your 40s. It'd be 16000 in your 50s. It'd be $30,000 in your 60s. Every little decision we make adds up. Big time. It's probably the biggest regret that I have out there is some of the tech spending that I got on the fastest modems and the fastest wireless setups. Silly. Uh, millennials. They're probably the big story. Like I said, it's going to be interesting to watch millennials. As We're not looking at a recession in the face because that job report was too, too darn good. And that came out on Friday. And On Fridays, I typically record a lot of best of materials for the future. And I so badly wanted to talk about that jobs report. I was like, no, don't date it. But the economy is booming. I don't want to use word booming. I hate it's leaving a lot of people behind. And I think there's a lot of uh, underemployed people. And I think there's a lot of consumers in America who are spending too much money on Christmas gifts. The end. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Best Buy is in the news today. Not because they've got the new 12 days of Christmas coming up. But because insiders are selling a boatload of shares. Insiders have sold $200 million plus of shares. Now, again, why do I bring that up? Best Buy is old. But on companies like Uber or Lyft, when the CEOs or the, the executives start selling their first rounds, it creates a lot of pressure on an IPO because it's a lot of sellers. It's a lot of shares of people who, oh, I got shares of Uber at $2, then it goes to $10, it's still private. Then it goes to $20, it's still private. Then it goes public at sixty bucks, and your two dollar investment is like, "Whoa, let's take a look at that." So, Best Buy has a lot of insider selling. Now, I wouldn't read the world in insider selling, but also I wouldn't ignore it. Insiders may know, like the Titanic's getting ready to happen. You know, the rats and ships start running for the the top. When the boat's sinking and everyone's like, what's going on? Well, the rats are running. And the insider selling, some people think it's the rats. The insiders know something bad's about to happen, so they sell. Otherwise, why not hold on to it if good things are coming? I don't really believe in that theory. Um, I think the company's had a great 52 weeks, and I think sometimes selling shares is okay, especially if you're putting the money into a trust or a foundation or a retirement account or a yacht. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at Rob Black's Show, Twitter Rob Black's Show, YouTube Rob Black's Show. Big subscriber cut up. Use code Radio twenty five to get in for free.